I'm Heidi Harris. Welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can listen at iTunes, Heidi Harris Show, and subscribe there for free. Or you can catch them on HeidiHarris.com. You can also listen to my live show from the Vegas Strip weekdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at 6.70 a.m. KMZQ in Las Vegas. So you can't possibly escape me, even if you want to. All right, the Culinary Union in Las Vegas, which represents about 50,000 people, which is down from a few years ago. As I recall, there was a time they had about 60,000 members, but apparently now they're saying 50,000 members, have now voted to possibly strike. Now, this strike wouldn't take place until after June. They've been trying to get a contract since February. And listen, I know it's tough to make ends meet, and I know it's a shame what some people make for cleaning hotel rooms. I'm going to pick on that job for a second because I've been a cocktail waitress, and that job the pay on that job varies depending on where you work and what section you work in, what hours you work and all that. Okay, so let's stick with people who make money per hour, people who are what they call in most casinos, GRAs, guest room attendants. It's a tough job. I wouldn't want to do it. I can't even imagine cleaning hotel rooms. And it doesn't pay that much money. But the fact of the matter is this is what the market will bear. And it's sad when people clean palm trees or trim palm trees or dig ditches or build brick walls or there's a lot of stuff out there. Many, many jobs that are very taxing on your body and they are really necessary and people just don't want to pay a lot of money for them. Why? Because it's not a highly skilled job. They could get somebody to do that with a lot less training. Maybe they could teach them for a couple of days or a week and they could do it. And that's the cold reality. If I can teach you how to clean a hotel room in a day or a couple of days, you're just not as valuable as somebody who takes many, many years to train. That's just a fact. It's not that you don't work as hard as they do, because of course you do. You work really hard and maybe you're not working, you know, with the spreadsheets and things like that, that the CEOs are, but you're putting in the same hours. And, you know, it's funny. I remember when I used to be uh, in the secretarial administrative end of a casino, I used to watch some of these girls who work for these executives. They'd be there at eight o'clock in the morning with the executives. They'd be there till six o'clock at night. And I thought, no way, no way am I going to do this for a fraction of the money you get made. Yes, you're making bigger decisions, but I have only 24 hours a day to live too. I'm going to work my normal hours. And I think it's outrageous for any executive to expect their assistant to put in the same hours they do. All right, that's beside the point, but that is just a little bugaboo with me. Anyway, back to the people who want to strike in these unions. I know a lot of them don't make a lot of money. And it's tough, but no one's forcing you to stay there. You can increase your job skills. In many cases, a lot of folks who clean these rooms and stuff don't speak English or don't speak it very well. That's your fault. That is your fault if your language skills prohibit you from making a lot of money. If I move to Mexico, I can speak a little Spanish, a little Spanish, a few words, a few sentences. I can make myself understood, but I am not fluent and I would not get a good job in Mexico because my language skills aren't good enough. What would I do if I moved to Mexico or Spain or someplace like that? I would work on getting my language skills up so I could get a better job. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who clean hotel rooms or or do any of the back of the house stuff who don't have the language skills to get a better job in America. That is completely within your control. And if you take a bus to work every day, you can listen to tapes or you know podcasts about how to speak English. There's no excuse in America for not learning to speak English if you want a better job. It's just going to prohibit you. You're going to be limited if all you speak is Spanish or all you speak is French or all you speak is whatever. That's just the cold reality. That's the first thing. So if you're cleaning hotel rooms, 
then a lot of that's in your control. Now, there are people, let's be honest, I'll say it, nobody else wants to. There are people who will do various jobs in the casino that are called back of house jobs. They don't have the looks that the people in the front of house get. It's just a cold reality, folks. You could try to deny it, but it's true. There are people who are just not as good looking. They're not going to get a job as a cocktail waitress because they don't look good enough. They're not even going to get a job as a dealer. They're not going to get a job at the front desk. They're not going to get a job serving drinks at the pool because they don't have that front of house look. That's cold reality. That's not fair, but that is going to mean you're going to make less money working in the back of house. So the union can't fix that and they're not trying to. But here's what the union's trying to do now with some of these folks. They're actually trying to protect their jobs, not just because they get older or whatever. They're also trying to protect their jobs from technology. Some of these union members are demanding that they're able to be trained as technology advances and their jobs are replaced. Who was screaming when the change girls were all replaced? Remember that? Remember change girls? I do. I used to know people who did that job. They were all tossed out when the new slot machines came in that accepted money and that kind of thing. Nobody complained about them that I can recall. And now you want to protect whose job? A cocktail waitresses, a bartender's? Here's the thing. It's your job to keep yourself employable. And I know what I'm talking about because let me just give you an example about the job I'm in. First of all, when I started in talk radio 20 years ago, every station had at least three live hosts. They had a morning guy, an afternoon guy, and a weekend guy. Some even had evening hosts and midday hosts and all that. This is 20 years ago. There was very little syndication. There was Rush and there were a couple other shows, but in general, syndication wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And now with Sean Hannity and some others that have come on, the Levin and, and Savage and all these people in the last 20 years, you see a lot more syndication. A lot of hosts are gone. A lot of stations have maybe one, maybe two at the most live hosts and weekends are out the door. Weekends are all broker to uh, people who pay to be on lawyers and real estate agents and whatnot. So the industry has changed. In order to stay relevant or at least employable in the industry, you have to know some things besides just talking on the air. For example, in my case, I know how to edit audio. I'm pretty darn good at it. I do my podcast from my home. I know how to interview from my home if I need to. I can do it on the air. I've adapted to new ways of doing things. I'm adapting to social media. I'm doing all these things that you have to do as part of any industry. Now, back in the day when I was a cocktail waitress, I would actually sit in my boss's office and learn how to work the computer because it's, when I left, it was 1993. So computers were not in everybody's home. I certainly didn't have one at that time. And so I had to learn how to do it to write papers for college and whatnot. And I actually went in his office during my lunch break and took that time to actually learn how to do it. This is what you do. The reason I am where I am is because of all of the things I've learned over the course of the years that have allowed me to be in this position. Now, as a radio host, I don't expect people to babysit me. I don't expect people to bring me all the topics. I don't expect people to edit my interviews if I don't do them live. I do all this stuff. I do this podcast from my house. I don't have anybody else editing and babysitting and all. I do it myself. Why? Because I've learned how to do it. Why? Because I want to be independent and I want to be able to do as much as I possibly can. This is the way it is. Radio has gotten to the point where there used to be, you know, four or five people working at a station. Now you're down to one. You don't really have the help that you used to have, even though I never really counted on a lot of that, but still, you don't have it. So you have to adapt or you disappear. That's how it is. So back to the union folks. Apparently, some of these union members believe it's up to the casinos to train them, I guess, for new positions or whatever. Here's the thing. 
Now, certainly a casino can train somebody for a new job. I get all that. But the unions can train folks. And if that's what they want to do, and I believe they do have some training there at the culinary union. But bottom line, if your job gets replaced by technology, too bad. I, I don't know what to say to you. You can't stop technology. You just can't. And for these people who think that they're entitled to have things the same way they've been for 35 years, that's not the way the world works. And one of the problems with unions, and let me just be honest, I'm not anti-union. My dad was a union member, a union musician his whole life. I'm not anti-union. And I know that there's a certain amount of expertise that you expect when you call a union musician, plumber, pipe fitter, a welder, carpenter, whatever. You expect a certain amount of expertise when you call a union person because you know they've got a lot of training. I get that. I'm not anti-union. But if I can teach you how to do your job in one day, you don't need a union, dishwashers. Why do you need a union to wash dishes? Why do you need a union to be a cocktail waitress? You don't really. But the bottom line is that hotels are not obligated to manage your career. They're obligated to treat you well when you're working. They're obligated to keep a safe environment. They're obligated to pay you a fair wage, whatever the government decides on the minimum wage plus whatever management wants to pay or whatever deal they work out with union. They're not obligated to keep you employable. That's your job. They're not obligated to manage your career. That is your job. So a lot of people who work in unions seem to think that somebody else is responsible for their whole life. And this is the group mentality. This is the problem that a lot of people have. Well, you know, I want management needs to do something for me. They need to, I need more money. Well, if you need more money, go get another job. Get some more skills. Do something else with your life. Nobody is forcing you to stay in that job. I did it. You can do it. And believe me, when I left the casino business, it was not easy to get out of my job and do something else. I had to take a pay cut. It was tough. I know it's tough. I get it. But the fact that something's tough doesn't mean it's still not your obligation to do. Casinos are not in the business of managing the careers of people who don't want to adapt. And if you are content being a porter in a casino for 30 years, God bless you. God bless you, because I couldn't do that job for one single day. I'm grateful to you, but understand that that job and other jobs like it may eventually be replaced by technology, although I'm not sure how they would do that with a casino porter. I mean, that would be a tough thing to do with technology. But waitresses, change girls, all these people, who knows if it's going to be dealers someday, technology is going to come in and you may be replaced. Well, if so, you have to adapt. If you want to stay relevant in the world, you must adapt. No matter who you are, no matter what you do for a living. So if you want to stay in the same job and do the same thing every single day of your life and not ever expand your horizons, that's up to you. But understand that you may be swept out the door when technology comes forward. And the union, the culinary union, or any other union cannot guarantee you that technology is not going to take your job. That is an unfair burden to put on a casino or any industry. For example, when I go to the grocery store, I do not use self-checkouts. I can't stand them. Now, there are folks who are union checkers who don't like them either because it basically puts a cashier out of a job. I don't like it. I like to deal with a real person. I think it's faster. It's more efficient, whatever. But there are people who will use those self-checkouts. Every time you do that, you're potentially putting a checker out of business. I'm not saying those self-checkouts shouldn't exist. This is the store owner's right to decide whether he or she wants to have those. Fine. I choose not to use them. I want a live person. So it's going to ultimately come down to market forces. And if the market feels as if some machine's going to make a better margarita than the cocktail waitress, well, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it will. Now, back in the day when I worked as a cocktail waitress, we didn't give people bottled water. 
and they just didn't have that yet. And what's interesting to me is to watch these girls in the casino now walk around and they have four or five bottles of water on their tray already. Now, I don't know if people tip you for those because the thinking is probably for some people, well, the girl didn't have to go back to the bar and get it for me. So why should I have to tip her? Right. So there's money out of your pocket if you're a cocktail waitress when the reality is people really just wanted water. And a lot of people probably don't tip. And tips went down when people started putting all their money in the machines. It used to be they'd grab a handful of quarters or whatever or a few and give you a tip. Well, now they may not have cash on them. So that's been a disadvantage of the job. And I talked about some of this and the tip earning industry in my first book, Cocktail Waitress Wisdom. If you know anybody who makes tips for a living, they might be interested in the fact that that tip earning industry is deceitful in a way. It's very, very deceptive. You think you're making a certain amount of money because you have cash in your pocket every single day. The reality is you're really not making that much money. And the money keeps going down as the clientele changes and as technology advances. Valet parkers, forget about it now. I mean, they are destitute because of what's happened with the parking fees and the valet fees and all of that. So the bottom line is casinos or any business are not obligated to manage your career for you. And that is something the union is asking. That's ridiculous. As I mentioned, they also want uh, greater workplace safety measures, which is fine. I understand that. But they want protection for immigrants with temporary status. It's not the obligation of a casino to protect people who are here if federal laws change. What are they supposed to do? Put in some housing for all the people who are temporarily here and allow them to stay there so government can't evict them? I mean, come on. The union is totally overstepping this time and they're going to be in huge trouble as a result of this. And I did find it amusing that in order to vote in the culinary election yesterday, the strike vote, you had to provide photo ID. These are the same people who fight tooth and nail for anybody to have to have ID at an actual polling place, which is... <laughs> What else can you say? I'm also wondering whether the executives at the Culinary Union are going to be living on strike pay. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're somebody who lives paycheck to paycheck, which most people who work in the union do, you're cleaning hotel rooms, you got kids, you're living paycheck to paycheck. How are you going to live on strike pay? You're not going to be able to live on strike pay. And if you're off work two weeks, a month, two months, you could lose your house, your apartment, your car, whatever. Credit card bills could get behind, and you won't recover from that. So I'm just wondering if the executives of the Culinary Union are going to be living on strike pay. <laughs> I'm going to go with no on that one. Stay tuned for it. Don't forget to join me for the Heidi Harris Show weekdays, 9 to 10 a.m., 6.70 a.m. KMZQ, live from the Las Vegas Strip. You can also check my podcast out three times a week at iTunes, Heidi Harris Show. I also post them at HeidiHarris.com. Coming up on the next Heidi Harris Show podcast, I had a fascinating conversation the other day with a guy named Toure. He writes on black issues, cultural issues. He's a podcaster. He's a TV host. He's a journalist. And boy, did we have an interesting discussion about race relations in America, what white people are doing wrong, the cops, all kinds of stuff. So I'll be bringing that to you in snippets over the next couple of podcasts. Don't miss it. It was some good stuff. Until we meet again. Remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.